HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. World Central Kitchen is serving thousands of fresh meals to Ukrainian families fleeing home, as well as people remaining in the country. This week on Let's Talk About Food, host Louisa Kasdan spoke with Henry Patterson about his upcoming relief trip. So you're going to Poland, and I think you told me you're going to be there for at least two weeks. I'm going to Poland to help feed Ukrainian refugees. With Jose Andreas's World Central Kitchen, I decided that's what I wanted to do for my 70th birthday. I leave in just a few days. We all see that what the Russians are doing is contemptible. As a food person, we all love to help. It's in our DNA. And here are people who really need our help. So if you want to help the Ukrainian refugees, either with money or even your hands and heart, find hashtag Chefs for Ukraine and World Central Kitchen. We have to do something. We can help. Remember, hashtag Chefs for Ukraine. And today I'm joined by Rishikesh Irway, a musician and podcast creator. He's the host and creator of, a, of Song Exploder, an award-winning podcast and a Netflix original television series where musicians break down the creative process behind their songs. Vulture called Song Exploder probably the best used of the podcast format ever. As a musician, he's released four albums under the moniker The 1AM Radio and an EP with Moore's. His project with Lakeith Stanfield, besides Song Exploder, Rishi Kesh, produced and co-hosted the award-winning podcast Home Cooking with Samin Nasrat and the West Wing Weekly with Joshua Molina. He's also the host and producer of the Partners podcast. He helped Google launch their first original podcast and is the executive producer of Shirley Manchin's podcast, The Jump for MailChimp. As a composer, he has written and recorded original scores for movies and television, including the Netflix series Everything Sucks, the film Save the Date, the CNN documentary R. Nixon, and the video game The Red Lantern. Fast Company named him one of the most creative people in business in 2021. That is a huge honor. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for it having is me. It's so <laughs> great to meet you. My gosh. Um, 
So that's a long list of things you have your hands in. And um, from what I was reading, you are sort of the darling of podcast creators. <laughs> I don't know about your, that. You have your hands in a lot of different things. But let's talk about the reason why you're here in Austin this week. Um, you released a new EP, or you're getting ready to release a new EP. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. On March 30th, I have um, a record coming out that's called Rooms I Used to Call My Own. And, and it's the first songs of my own that I've made um, in a long time. I mean, being a musician was my full-time job for, for a long time. And then, um, and then I kind of hit a wall with it. And, uh, and it was in that time that I started making podcasts. Um, I was just sort of in the depths of writer's block and trying to figure out what I was going to do while I was trying to come out of the other side of that, um, not knowing how long it might take. And that's how I started Song Exploder. And then from there... Um, you know, these other podcast projects uh, slowly emerged, and the most recent one was Home Cooking with Samin. Um, but the whole time I was also trying to figure out how to get back to music. And then finally, um, around 2020, I started, I, I started writing songs again with, with other people instead of just trying to, you know, hammer it all out myself the way I had my whole life. Um, and, and that ended up opening up the door for me and, and I started to be able to write again. And, uh, and yeah, so this EP is the, the first set of songs that I've made in, in a decade. And tell us about some of the collaborators on it. I saw Yo-Yo Ma as yes. one of them, which, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the collaborators. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the songs with a couple of different different friends, a uh, songwriter named Jenny Owen Youngs, who I'm on tour with actually um, this week and next week. And... Uh, and another friend who I met through Jenny, John Mark Nelson, another a great musician. Um, and then when it came time to produce, um, I produced all the songs myself, but I but I brought in other people to help me with the production as well because I felt like I, the writing part was so nice to do with other people. So um, so it, it was nice because I met a lot of people through Song Exploder, um, and and I was talking to them sort of under one context. But with some of those folks, I got to be friends with them, and and then I could talk to them in this other context and say, "Hey, this is what I've got going on," and and that was how um, the conversation with Yo-Yo Ma went. You know, we were we were catching up. He had been on Song Exploder. He'd also been on Home Cooking, and I had moderated a talk for him for another event, and we were catching up. And I was telling him about what I had going on, and I said that I was working on this thing, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, and, and, and he said, well, would you ever consider writing a cello part for me? And I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I said yes. And, uh, um, and then he played, he played on the, on the song between there and here, um, which was a real incredible honor. That's amazing. Um, so you are actually going on tour after this promoting, promoting the EP, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Originally I think the I wasn't sure when the record was going to come out, but South by Southwest is this week. And then, um, yeah, I had a couple other things going on next week. And you so have like, some well, teaching uh, or teaching or lecturing. You do some quite a few lecture engagements too. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm speaking at my old high school. And so I thought, okay, let, let's, I'll go on tour around South by Southwest and, and my visit to my high school. And, um, and, and then the, the record is coming out just a couple of weeks after that. That's wonderful. So, if people want to catch you on tour, where do they where do they need to follow you? Um, they can go to my website, which is rishikesh.co. It's H R I S H I K E S H 
rishikesh.co and all the all the tour dates and the ticket links and all that stuff. Are I love that. the image of you on your website in that um, sort of deconstructed room. Oh yeah, that was that was brilliant. Oh thanks. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the cover of the record. Yeah, that's a nice look. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it a lot. So. Um, you know, let's get back to the home cooking uh, with Samin Nasrat. Um, she, of course, as people know, is the author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat and the Netflix series. Um, how did that come about? Because, you know, you have your you have your hand in um, uh, music creation. Um, you have obviously you have uh, Song Exploder podcast, your new EP. What um, what led you down the culinary path? Well, I, I don't know how fair it would be to say that I'm anywhere really on the culinary path. But I don't know. I think if you appreciate it, that's on the culinary okay. path. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Samin and I met because uh, we both were doing a, a, like a speaking thing. We were both speaking at this event um, in San Francisco. Uh, we were back to back, and it was right before the Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat book came out. Um, so she was promoting that and talking to folks about it. And I was speaking right after her about Song Exploder. We didn't actually get to meet though, because when I got there, she was already on stage. And then when I went, they whisked her away to go do a book signing. So we didn't get to meet, but, but as part of my like, thank you package for doing the event, they gave me a copy of this advanced copy of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And I remember re looking at it, um, at the event and then in the car, car ride back, um, I took a picture of it and I posted it on Twitter. I was like, this book is incredible. And, uh, and Samin, um, Samin and I became friends on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, so we just were friends like that for a little, for a little while, for about a year, um, and occasionally DM'd and, um, and then I asked her, I said, when are you going to come to LA? You know, when, when's your next, next trip down to LA? And this was when she was working on the TV show, the, the Netflix show. So she said, actually, I have to come down every now and then. So she came down and, uh, and I said, let me take you on a tour of my favorite cookies in, in Los Angeles. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and she said, okay. And so, so, uh, we got in the car and we drove around to a few different places and I, I was like, this is my favorite, uh, chocolate chip cookie. I was like, this is also a great cookie. It also happens to be, you know, this one happens to be vegan and gluten-free, but you'd never tell, you know, right. I just got to show her some of my, my highlights and it was really, really fun. So it's safe to say you're a cookie fan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good cookie? Yeah. And that actually became a big part of our conversation because I had told her about, um, this idea that I had had to try and do a cookie version of Song Exploder, where I I go to different cities and I find out what the best cookie is, and then I talk to the chef about the creative process behind making that cookie. You know, like Song Exploder, but a cookie. But I couldn't figure out the the ending because with Song Exploder, at the end, once you hear the artist deconstruct their song and talk about how how it was made, at the very end, you hear the whole song, and it, it's kind of the um, it feels like a satisfying kind of culmination of the story that you just heard. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, how do I do that with a cookie? Because what I really want is for people to be able to taste it. I'm sure, uh, you know, talking about food on the radio is hard and um, talking about it in audio in any form. And, and so I was like, how do I get people to, I want them to be able to eat this thing that I'm uh, talking about. And Samin suggested that I try doing it as a, instead of as a podcast where I, I had already recorded an episode. Um, but I didn't know what to do with it. And she, she suggested that I do something that she did, which was a story for Pop-Up Magazine, um, which is this traveling, traveling show uh, where people tell stories. And she had done something where 
they actually gave people food in the audience. They gave them a, um, a marshmallow with this cinnamon. She was talking about the extinction of certain strains of cinnamon. And, um, and so while we were on this cookie tour, I was like, let me take you to this one cookie that actually is from the chef that I interviewed for the, the pilot episode of what might be a podcast called Cookie Exploder. And she was telling me about this idea. And so right there in the, in the kitchen with me and, and the chef, Marianne Marr, um, she, was, she had convinced me and then she convinced Marianne Marr also to do it. And so then we ended up doing this, this story uh, called Cookie Exploder where I talked about um, this cookie and I talked about my relationship with my dad and, and at the end everybody in the audience got a little version of this mocha fudge cookie from LA and, um, and it, was, it was really fun. So Samin, you know, immediately had a very strong influence on my life. Oh, yes. Yeah. And She's sort of infectious. Yes, yeah. Yes. And a, a real, uh, when she wants to convince you of something, she's very convincing. Um, but I was, I was on board from the, from the beginning. So we became friends, uh, you know, really close friends, actually, uh, pretty quickly. And then I used to joke with her about, well, not, not really a joke. She took it as a joke. I meant it seriously, that we should do a podcast together. Um, I was trying to get her to... Uh, to do a podcast called Chef Detective, Samin Nasrat colon Chef Detective, because I had one time um, run into this problem where I was trying to recreate a, a recipe from my mom and I couldn't get it right. It was this mango pie. And, um, and I was like, I, I can't get this, this weird white flecks in the texture. It's supposed to be this creamy, perfect uh, yellow orange. Um, and it's, you know, it's a mix of mango puree and cream cheese and, Cool Whip, and and she's like, well, did you bring everything to room temperature? And and I was like, well, no, I don't remember my mom doing that. And she's like, well, I bet that's it. And then uh, and then the next day, I tried another batch, and I did what she said, and I was like, you solved and it. And perfection. Yes, and <laughs> and so then I was like, okay. So right after I had that experience, like thirty seconds after I, I had that experience, I called her and I was like, this is a podcast we need to make. Samin Nasrat, Chef Detective. People will call you. And say, this is the thing that I'm trying to do and I can't figure out how to get it right. And you'll tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> exactly. And she laughed and she said, I'm too busy. You're too busy. Um, ha ha. And I was like, I, I'll find the time. I, I, you know, I was like, well, um, I was trying to figure out immediately how to produce this show. But uh, it really didn't take any kind of form until the pandemic. When, when the pandemic hit... Um, both of us wanted to do something to help people. And I saw she, she had posted something on her Instagram um, about something about, I think it was about chickpeas. She posted something about like, oh, what, what to do with your, you know, pandemic purchase of chickpeas, your bulk purchase of chickpeas or something like that. Because you never know when you're going to need a chickpea. Uh, right. Right? <laughs> They're so versatile. And everybody was buying whatever they could get on the shelves. Yeah. And I had just experienced that myself, going, you know, going to the grocery store and shelves being empty and getting, you know, and, you know, I, I think I ended up with like six cans of cannellini beans <laughs> instead. And what a weird reflection. Wasn't that like just thinking back on that, um, that day that yes. everybody, and, and it, it is kind of like a pivotal day, it seems like in your mind of when people are saying people are rushing to get things. Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Yeah. This is serious. Yeah, that's going to be burned in my memory for sure. And also it was really interesting 
to see the kinds of things that would be left over on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of the products that I used to overlook at the grocery store. I was like, like for what example? You remember? Oh, you know, like I remember, you know, pasta was gone everywhere. And so suddenly it's like, oh, these are the, um, this uh, shape of egg, egg noodle, like flat egg noodles that I had never purchased before. But I was like, I've probably walked by this right. <laughs> so, so often. And that was the only thing left. I was like, well, I guess I'm getting these. Yes. So I guess I'm trying the flat egg noodle. <laughs> exactly. And my cannellini beans. And can I make something out of the two, these two ingredients? Yes, you can. Um, so in the middle of that, I said, Samin, maybe this is what the podcast actually should be. Instead of um, people calling in with these specific problems of... Uh, I'm trying to make this dish and how do I, and what's the problem? It's more like, what do we do? Like, how do we, I, I, I said, everybody's going to be stuck home cooking. What if we had a, a show called home cooking? And, uh, and she said, okay, she, I think the timing was right. You know, she was far enough away from all the things that had been keeping her busy with the TV show. And, um, and, and we started into it. And I think, we both had an idea of what it was going to be, and I think what it ended up turning out to be was actually a little different from from what we expected. But it was really, really nice. So, how how explain that a little bit more? How did it turn out differently? Well, I think th- that I had this sense of it was going to be, you know, it have. I think we both thought it would have a sense of utility that people would call in and. Um, and present us with these problems and, you know, and we would try and solve them. Or I would really like present them to Samin and she would solve them. And I would kind of, I was really the producer of the show, but I was part of my job as a producer was to like be somebody to, to, for Samin to bounce off of and, and curate the questions and try and build an arc for the, for the shows. But what ended up happening was a big part of it was just our relationship. I, I think that um, people were really, anxious and people were really lonely. A lot of people, especially at the beginning when, when we didn't know what was allowed and, and nobody was vaccinated. Um, a lot of people were, were at home. A lot of people were at home by themselves. And, uh, and people were saying, oh, it's, it just feels like I'm hanging out in the kitchen with two of my friends. Or I'm listening to a conversation between two friends and I feel like I'm part of it. But we needed that. Yeah. We still need it. But it, it, it definitely was, you think back on that and it, there was that isolation and the unknown and yeah. So no wonder people picked up on your connection. It was really nice. And, and so that really ended up becoming kind of like half of what the show was about was, you know, just by virtue of what we were doing, um, our friendship became a part of it. And, and it was really nice. It was incredibly meaningful to our friendship. I think it, it really deepened our relationship over the course of making the show. That's fantastic. Any other plans going forward? Well, I'm always trying to rope Samin into uh, <laughs> into things. Um, she's working. She's working on her next book, so I think I have to wait until until that's done. I don't think you should give up on the cookie idea. I really don't. Oh my gosh! Actually, what? So, is this breaking news? Hold on. Yesterday, I um, I <laughs> I just um, announced a cookie that I got to help develop. Uh, there's a uh, there's a company in Los Angeles called the very best cookie in the whole wide world, and they and they knew from home cooking and from my you know my social media how much I love cookies, and I had ordered stuff from them and um, we just sort of talked uh, over DM about cookies and um, Kirsten who is the baker there asked if I would ever want to collaborate on something and I said well I have this cookie that I've been trying to get 
perfected in my own kitchen, um, which is a spicy dark chocolate pistachio cookie. And uh, I haven't been able to get it. Per- like it's pretty good, but not amazing. And um, and then but the other thing that happened was over the course of the pandemic, my my wife. Uh, became vegan, my wife Lindsay, and I have tried to follow in her footsteps as much as possible. And the very best cookie developed this vegan version of my favorite cookie of theirs. They have this butter pecan cookie that's incredible. And they delivered vegan versions of it to us. And I was like, how did you do this? I cannot tell it's vegan at all. It's There's no different. The other cookie I knew really well, and this was uh, identical. And um, and so I said, actually, something that was really beyond my reach uh, would be, um, is it possible to make a vegan version of a spicy, uh, you know, chocolate, dark chocolate pistachio cookie? And she said, yes. And we went through rounds of testing and um, and it's debuting next week. People can order it now. And uh, it's called the Spicy Chocstachio. And uh, it has a subtitle. They told me this, they, they had an idea for the subtitle <laughs> because... A subtitle for a cookie, because my my record is called "Rooms I Used to Call My Own." Um, and <laughs> I they're love like, the, "I love the route this is going." Yeah, <laughs> and so the full title is "The Spicy Chocstachio: Colon A Cookie I Used to Call My Own." <laughs> um, and they they're based in Los Angeles, but they ship nationally. And uh, and the name of the company again? The very best cookie in the whole wide world. And if you go to their that's hard to forget. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to their website, they have a they have a menu item that says Rishi's collab, and you can you can see you can get packs of that cookie, um, and it turned out so so good. It's it's incredibly rich and uh, and the spiciness is is really satisfying. It just kind of comes as like a little hint of cayenne that kicks in at the end, and the um, and the pistachio texture is really nutty. And so the the combination of flavors and textures, it's it's got a little sea salt. So it's 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 really rich and sweet, but also um, not too sweet. You had me still a little bit spicy chocolate. <laughs> And then throw in some nuts and yeah, it's yeah. all over. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be, so it, it's kind of a ridiculous but very delicious way to celebrate the record coming out. And, uh, and it's, you know, because of home cooking that we got, got to this place and um, I'm so excited. And, and people can order it, uh, I think, through the end of April. Oh, we just pulled it. We just pulled it up, and it is looking delicious. Yeah, They're on the website right now. I mean, it's it's a sensory experience just looking at this thing. Oh, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're really, I'm really sort of good. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it has been so amazing talking to you. Oh, thank um, you for having and me. I can't um, wait to catch you your performances. Um, I'm going to be on the lookout for it. And uh, people, please, please follow this man. He's got uh, so many brilliant ideas. Um, I've had a really pleasure, good time talking to you. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for listening to HRN's coverage of South by Southwest 2022. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, HRN on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you a business owner? This spring, amplify your business and support HRN's mission by becoming a business member. HRN is dedicated to spotlighting small businesses that keep our communities vibrant. With a $500 business membership, HRN can shine a light on your work and you can help sustain our mission to transform the way people think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, 
Your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website, and more. You will also play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org biz to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash B-I-Z.